1: Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Can I be the ghost of Margaret past for a moment? What fresh hell.
0: Laughing in the face of motherhood. The time-space continuum has sucked me into the void.
1: With Margaret Aples and Amy Wilson. Playing too much Candy Crush and wasting too much time. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to.
0: Guess what we can't control? It's other people. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood. This is
1: Margaret. And this is Amy. Happy New Year, everybody. We are talking about back to one for 2020. Happy New Year. (laughs) Here we go again.
0: It's a new decade. Can you feel it? I know. Somebody put a meme on Facebook that was like, The year 2000 is going to be 20 years ago, and I'm not ready because that's exactly right. Like for me, 20 years ago is 1983. Yeah. That's 40 years ago now. It's okay. You have to look forward. Yeah, we like to look back here on the What Fresh Hell podcast, but and like fact is we're <laughs> oldie locks. A lot of time has gone by like it's I'll tell you for like people in your I would say early 30s, like there's nothing more surprising than how fast like my friend told me a long time ago, every year is faster than the previous year. And that is the perfect description to me. Like I was in high school for like 23 years in my mind. College, I was in college for like 16 years. Yeah. And now every year is like six minutes long.
1: I've heard it explained mathematically that like time does speed up your perception of time because one year out of your many, many years is a lot less percentage wise than one year when you're 10 or even one year when you're 20. Oh, yeah, that does make sense. Now that you say it as a percentage of your total, it's pretty small and getting smaller.
0: We're going to be talking about back to ones, I know, but one of my back to ones is like, I finally, you're going to be, I don't know if this is going to make you happy or sad. I finally committed to the phone calendar. For those of you who have been listening for a long time, you know, I have the beloved book of Meg and like, I keep everything on paper, but I missed a lot of stuff this year. And part of it is the thing of like... I was like, that birthday party's not until October 4th. And I'm thinking it's August. And of course it's October 5th and we've missed the party because yeah. I just cannot wrap my head around the fact that, and now with like three kids who all kind of have their independent schedules, five of us, I just can't, we missed so many things and I mean, just blew by them. Like didn't go to kids' birthday parties, We'd said we were going to like missed events. I just this morning got an email that was like see you at Book Club tonight and of course I'd made completely other plans for tonight. Like I'm just the time space continuum has sucked me into the void and I'm not functioning.
1: Yeah. And you I've watched you do the transition this year that I did a couple years ago, which is like I'm on paper. Okay, now I'm on paper and the phone. And then it's sort of like okay it's just gonna be on the phone. I have a related back to one for twenty twenty that comes out of this, actually. Okay. I applaud your phone calendar. Thank you. What gets hard? Yeah, so I'm 100% on the... So you can always check your schedule. And did you know, Margaret, you can tap on like next Thursday at three, you can just tap on it on the email and then you make that, you put it in your calendar right there.
0: I mean, this is a really boring topic that I'm not going to go into (laughs) because it's not anyone's problem. But one of the things I need to do over the break is have my husband, who is an engineer, sit down and somehow figure out... Like I have four different calendars. Like I have a What Fresh Hell calendar and then I have a Google calendar, I think. And so I'm not sure... I need one calendar. I need everything going to one place. Like you need back to one calendar. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I tap on it and I'm like where did that go? I don't understand.
1: This is the issue with the putting it, you know, into the virtual is so, you know, I have older kids. Margaret's kids are how old are your kids now as we hit 2020? 11, 9 and 7. Okay. And mine are 12, 15, 17. So once your kids get older, you're right. They have more schedules separately from you, stuff that they need to remember. And it lives on the phone, but kids are very used to us telling them where they have to be and when. Yeah. Right? And so... I am the keeper of my kids' schedules in a way that I very much want to fix in 2020. Like last night I was being yelled at in my kitchen <laughs> because I told my kid that he had chorused, but I didn't tell him when it started. And I, of course I had, but it was a different start time. And so he's sitting in the kitchen yelling at me that I didn't remind him that the start time was different. And I'm like, that's not my problem. You're, you know, like you're a teenager now that like, you're going to keep the stuff. I'm going to show you your events and I will send them to you however you want. I think for him, it might be like an old school, like on the wall, kitty calendar on his wall. But he needs to look at that. And I need to not be in charge of who needs to be where, when. And it's all like on my phone. You see what I'm saying?
0: That's like a different brands thing, too, because I do find that like, and this is what I used to always say about my paper calendar. I'd be like, there's something in purple on Friday. I don't remember what it is. And that would be book club. Like, I do find just sticking in the phone four weeks ago when I learned it's going to be book club, like, I don't think about it again. I have to somehow get in the habit of looking at the phone every week. And because, yes, like, I kind of know it on some level, but I don't remember.
1: That's you're going to have to walk me through this because yes, I have to with all my kids get put a process in place like and now you're going to look at your phone. What do you have going on today? It isn't mom reminding you the orthodontist. And then I reminded you twice, but not three times.
0: Oh, yeah, that seems like a mystical world
1: to me. I mean, I'm far from doing that at all, you know. It's a heavy lift. Well, I'm going to fix that. I don't know quite how I'm going to fix that. I would love for you guys to tell me if you have older kids, anybody listening with older kids, and you have like the yellow calendar for this one and the purple calendar for that one. I have that. But how do you get them to invest in taking over their own, you know, special appointments?
0: I think some of that, honestly, is like the shove out of the nest. Like I think about this sometimes, like my mom, because she had four kids, and we were all really close in age, she kind of ran the show when we were in high school and like did the laundry and kind of picked up after us and then I went to college and the first year was kind of hard because I was like wait a minute how do I keep track of myself and then I figured it out like I think it's a little bit like it's kind of hard to impose you know
1: yeah I have to sort of half shove for 2020
0: (laughs) I think they're gonna get out of the nest and be like oh I guess I gotta figure this out
1: right right
0: yeah, but until then, just be like, you know, <laughs> there's no yelling at me in the kitchen when you're late for chorus.
1: No then yelling at mom in the kitchen in 2020. Yeah,
0: that's definitely a back to one for us. Is like, And we were talking about it last night at the dinner table. My tween is like tweening it up. He is just tweentastic. And <laughs> I find myself caught in a perpetual loop of like, don't talk to me like that. Don't talk to me. Like basically every single thing he says. And I honestly think that some of it is like, he has a little trouble with tone of voice, which is a lifelong problem. Like, whatever, speaking too loudly. He struggles in this area. But I am just trapped in a cycle. And last night we were having that dinner. We're like, literally, he said 10 things and 10 times. I was like, don't speak to me that way. Give me the ketchup, whatever, you know, just being his like little tweeny rude self. And then at night, we have the only bathtub is in my bathroom. So my husband and I were already like sitting in bed watching something on TV. And he was taking a bath and he came out in his pajamas and he jumped in bed with us. And we were just like making these stupid jokes and making up songs and like laughing and cuddling. And like, it's like, oh, more of this and less of the other. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it's important he speaks to us correctly. But like the balance of like, I only correct him is off right now yes like new year's goal is like more time making up silly songs and cracking up And listen, you know me, I'm holding the line. Like no one is going to speak to me. I'm not going to do errands for every single person in this house and buy their groceries and cook them dinners that I don't want to make. And like last night, because they like Benihana type hibachi, like I reverse engineered online the recipes for like Benihana and made them this nice dinner. And then I'm getting talked to rudely. It's not going to happen. It's not going to fly. Right. You are going to be like, thank you, mother, for this delicious meal. If I have to drag it out of you. But I just have to remember, like, more fun, less learning is always a better dynamic in our house.
1: Can I be the ghost of Margaret past for a moment? You may, please. I went back and listened to our goals for 2019 to see how we did. Uh-oh. Was this my goal for 2019? Was this my goal? Well, it was a slightly different goal. You said... One of your goals for 2019 was to, when your kids were giving you a hard time, to engage less. But you were talking about more like, respect my authority, like kind of, you know, yes, it driving you absolutely crazy. Have you, during 2019, moved to a, like, that's not acceptable in a more calm and disengaged way, perhaps?
0: <laughs> no not at all in fact I just have the exact same goal but this is what I'm going to say because we went to our Facebook page and we reached out to people about what some of their back to ones would be for the year and every year on our holiday break I sit down and I'm like oh my god we've only eaten like pizza and like last night I made Betty a meal but like basically like Right. In December, things fall apart. Like the wheels are always off the wagon. And that's why instead of resolutions, we're like back to one. Like my one is that when I get stressed and upset, I get too authoritarian <laughs> with the kids. And I'm like, this will not stand. And I forget to have fun with them. And I just become like the angry general of their lives. But like, And the eating goes wrong and I'm scrolling my phone too much instead of reading book. Like it all kind of, and I really like, I've said this before when we were talking about New Year's, I love a new year. Somebody said to me a long time ago, I said to them in December, like, how's it going? And she said, it's a good year for a new year. And I was like, darn tootin'. Like, I like to go back to one. I know that next year I'm going to be like, Amy, I'm a little too authoritarian. I need to change that again. It's fine. Like... It's not that I failed at my goal, it's that I know where my reset points are and I need to just return to them. And like, that's
1: the journey of life. That's exactly it, that these are resets. It's okay, you don't have to beat yourself up that you have the same goals every year. Everybody has the same goals every year and then you just gently go reset and go back to the thing that you need to do. I like that because then you can throw away the like, oh, every year I say I'm gonna read more. Right, it's worth saying every year, right. Right. I'm a loser. I failed. I stink. And it's like, no, it's just
0: an opportunity. You don't need the new year, but like the new year is a really nice marker for this, you know? And one of the things I have a tendency in my, you know, eating life to fall into really bad habits. Like I tend to be a person who's like, I'm either eating healthy or I'm downing an entire bag of frozen Snickers minis in bed. Like I don't really have a good, you know, midpoint. And what I realize in my adult life is that my weight varies by 20 pounds at any given time. And you know what? I don't care at all. Like I get it. Like sometimes when I'm stressed, I tend to eat too many Snickers bars and to myself on Chinese food. And then when things are going well, like I know what healthy eating is. I return to it. I go back to one. But do I really care where I fall in that 20 pound range? I don't.
1: Well, it can be maybe about like when you eat better, you feel better, you sleep better instead of when you deny yourself everything you fit into the pants that you bought 10 years ago that have never really fit you. Right? I mean that's...
0: Right, but I just think like I've reset my thinking to being like it's not a goal, it's just a long winding pathway that will always have these turns on it. Mm -hmm. Like it's always going to have me like falling into bad habits of like reading Twitter in bed for two hours instead of a novel. And then I'm going to like be like, oh that's right, I can go back to one on this. It's a course correction. I can put a stack of books next to my bed, but It's not like from now on, I'm a person who reads books. It's I'm always on this journey of like falling in and out of like better habits and worse habits. And like when I fall into bad habits, I know where my one is and I have somewhere to go back to. And that to me is much mentally better than like, well, I guess I failed at my diet. I guess I'm just a loser. Like I've really rid my mind of that whole line of
1: thinking. Oh, I'm still working on that. But I do think that the time that you waste sort of in self-flagellation before you get back to it, like that's just wasted time that you could be reading a book, right? Instead of <laughs> engaging with how you failed in the past year, it's just time to start over.
0: Right. And I mean, I say I've rid myself of it. Like I don't ever think like, I don't always be like, well, but I just think in my old I've come to understand like, this is more peaks and valleys. It's never going to be a straight line of like, I'm now a healthy eater.
1: A lot of our listeners on Facebook told us that better eating and better meal planning specifically was a goal to get back to one with in 2020. Rosie says she's going to make healthier choices for her family. You go, Rosie. And she includes on that menu, time outdoors, screen time, et cetera, all of which are are complete ongoing goals for both of us. We both talked about in 2019 about we were planning to spend more time outside even when it was cold. Yeah. And I feel like I totally forgot that I said that, but I actually put that in place. And how it happened was, we have a dog, Marshmallow. Oh, Marshy. Everyone knows Marshy. We live in New York City, so we don't have a yard. So you know, many people in New York City have somebody come and walk the dog at some point during the day. Also, so the dog's not alone all day. This fall, our dog walker moved on and we're like, you know what? We don't need a dog walker. I'll do it. So I walk my daughter to school almost a mile with a dog and then walk the dog back home. So I'm outside in all kinds of weather, walking two miles first thing in the morning with the dog who is, I mean, talk about being in the moment, right? Like she's got like things to sniff and things to investigate and it'll take as long as it takes. And it has been such a good, I would dread it. And I did dread it for about two days. And then I realized it was a totally peaceful way to start my day. And I kind of love it.
0: And there's probably some days you still dread it, right? Like, it's not like, oh, I now I'm a happy person. Yeah. Like, well, if it's pouring rain, I don't take her.
1: Yeah. If it's horrible, we just don't do it. But yeah. And if I have to be somewhere by like 830, then I don't do it. But doing it in the morning and then also letting it take 10 minutes longer than it would if I was walking in my New York way as quickly as I could back home. Right. Right. Guess what? Like the world continues to evolve and somehow I get the same amount done and it's okay to linger and let her, you know, look at a bush for a while. This is shocking news, Amy. Shocking. news. Yeah forced lingering it was good for me in 2019 we have more about this after the break margaret i've got a go-to baby shower gift that i give whenever there's another newborn in my life can you guess what it is amy three guesses first two don't count it's pampers swaddlers
0: to get out and one of the things i've realized is like i've gotten very like when it's cold i have to park the car really close and do everything to stay out of the weather and i do think that that conversation and generally just trying to accept that i live somewhere cold and that's not something (laughs) to be completely dreaded all the time i also i was in los angeles for 15 years and so when i moved back east I was genuinely frightened of the cold. I was like, I don't want to do it. I'm scared to be so cold. And it's again, it's like we talk about like annoying kid games or like listening to their stories or whatever it is that you're like holding things away from you because you think they're terrible is often much worse than just being like, I'm
1: going to give into this and see if it's okay. And usually it's fine. I just saw on Twitter this week, somebody said I actually put it on our at WFH podcast page. Somebody was like. The thing I've been putting off for three months just took me 11 minutes, a memoir. Oh,
0: <laughs> that is exactly it. I mean, my husband is, this is his Achilles heel is like, Both, I'm going to avoid this thing because it's going to be bad, and then that going on forever. And then the flip side for him is like, I didn't get you anything for your birthday because I made amazing plans about how I was going to parachute into the backyard, like wearing a diamond encrusted suit, like singing your favorite song. And it's like, wait, it's like things get too big in his head, and then it paralyzes him. Mm -hmm. And. You know, he's gotten better at that. But like it's everybody has their kind of, oh, no, this is my thing. And like I put on Facebook, happy five year anniversary to the frames that have been sitting on our bedroom floor waiting to be hung. And it's like, yeah, exactly. And
1: they're still there, right? Because mine are still. Oh, mine are still there. I have a pile on the washing machine. <laughs> Someday. On the washing machine. Cause I live in an apartment. That's where I have room to put them. Someday they're going to be hung. I mean, apartment living. The good thing is like there is a certain breaking point where like there's no more room. I purge all the time because I don't really have a choice. And purging, come to speak of it, is something big on the back to one list, decluttering for 2020. Katie says, purging for 2020, that might be the nesting talking. Katie, sounds...
0: Oh, yeah. When I was nesting, in case anyone doesn't know, is like that period when you're pregnant and like you suddenly start baking like a lunatic and throwing out all your things. That's...
1: Oh. I'm labeling everything...
0: I'm not nesting, but I still like purging. I'm a big purger.
1: Yeah. How's it going? In 2019, you said you were going to do a big purge. I've
0: done pretty well with the purging. I mean, the problem with five of us in the house is like you could do it for four hours a day and never stay ahead of like the junk. But I have embraced the purge. I'm now on like the email list for the truck, the veterans truck that comes and picks up all your stuff. And they come
1: like every two months. And I'm like, here you go, guys. It can be complicated because you want it to be... I don't want to just make more garbage for the landfill, right? So I try to get, like, the books to the right place and the you know, the hand-me-down coat to the kid who I think will actually wear it and the blue sweaters to the kid at the school that has to wear the blue sweaters. Oh, you're a much better person than me. I'm like, here you go, veterans.
0: Here's a truck full of garbage. (laughs) Goodbye. I don't care what happens to it. Don't care where it ends up. Landfill, fine with me. I mean, I do try on the front end. But I'm just constantly losing this battle. Like we're coming up on the holidays and like here comes a giant round full of like new junk that nobody's going to care about in three months, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: like I'm looking at all the like robotic Star Wars figures and Lego sets from last year and being like, I guess we have to throw these away to make room for the new junk that's coming in.
1: I'm curious, where do you come down on the like we tell people, please don't buy our kids plastic junk or this like. Oh, wait, did you talk about this in an Ask Margaret? I think you did. I did. I
0: did an Ask Margaret about it. I come down on the fact that you can make that request, but it is out of your control.
1: Okay, that's kind of where I come down, yeah.
0: And so you should not deny your parents and in-laws the joy of giving your kids presents, but you can make the request that you limit the amount of stuff. But you will drive yourself crazy if you try to actually control that because guess what we can't control? It's other people. (laughs) So yeah. And I mean, I'm bad at it too. And like, I have one kid who's just like, he's just a maniac for stuff, you know? And I do try to put it in the context. He also loves animals. And I do try to put it in the context of like, where do you think this stuff goes, you know, into the oceans? And remember those dolphins you love? Like, I try Mm. to contextualize it a little bit for him that like, The more stuff, the more junk. But it does feel, I mean, these days, I don't know, it feels a little hopeless sometimes, like the tornado of stuff that is constantly coming. I don't know how to stop it.
1: (laughs) Kimberly wants to know how she should get rid of baby clothes that her baby is outgrowing so fast without being sad. This was her decluttering. Oh, Kimberly, I have nothing for you. I have nothing for you. I mean, I mean, keep one or two things, right? I have a teeny tiny sweater that my 17-year-old once fit into, but I don't have eight. I have the coming home. Host- I
0: have zero. I don't know. That doesn't speak to me. But I know people say if you're looking for like, how do you deal with the sentimentality around children? Like you're knocking at the wrong door with me. I'm like, throw it out. I don't ever want to see it again.
1: Yeah, you can. What gets exhausting about it is when you have to sort of engage with each thing. I mean, take pictures. You know what? I have a big Tupperware container like behind a sliding door in my bedroom, kind of out of sight. And it's just they always be purging. Like stuff goes into it. Just this morning, I was like this necklace and bracelet set. I don't wear it. Like, somebody might want it. I'm going to put it in a little bag and toss it in the Tupperware. And then as soon as it's full, I take it to the thrift shop. Oh, that's a good idea. Instead of, like, today, I will, like, always be purging. That's what I do. Well, I try to do this
0: by having a giveaway bag next to the laundry. Because my daughter especially, we have a lot of girls in the family. She gets a ton of hand-me-downs. I mean, she has enough outfits to change her clothes twice a day, every day for a year. I mean, it's just insane. because, And it's all hand-me-downs. But... Mm -hmm. I have to get rid of and like they're all cute that's the problem it's like oh but she looks so adorable in this like t-shirt that says twizzlers on it like i don't care i have to fight the like i tend to be on one end of the curve on this like i'm like kids adorable thing that they made in kindergarten throw it in the fire or, like i don't get sentimental about it but i'm a big purger. but i'm still drowning in stuff
1: I try to tell my husband, who can get very sentimental about stuff, like he will purge and he likes having done so, but he deeply engages with each, you know, Phi Beta Kappa yes. 1996 My husband as well. t-shirt, you know, and even nicer stuff. He's like, oh, like, you know, a suit that he bought that doesn't really fit him right or whatever. I'm like, you don't wear it. And here's the thing. There's somebody out there who really needs that suit. Like, give it away that the stuff can be better used.
0: My husband's big on the like, I think I may have used this example before, but like used to teach eighth grade 30 years ago now, 20 years ago. And like, it's like a poster that all the eighth graders that he taught, you know, and I'm like, I get it, but take a picture of it because what role is this going to serve in our long-term lives? You know what I mean? Like, and I think he hid that away from me. I think it's still downstairs in the basement.
1: I have a poster like that. Yeah. That are like, yeah, I have it shoved in our storage bin.
0: I'm just like, you have kids now who are going to make you new things. I don't know. I'm not. I have to be a little careful because I take too hard a line on it sometimes, I think. But I'm just like, could this be used by someone else? Let me give it to someone who will enjoy it. Because right now it is not bringing me joy every time I open the closet and I see it.
1: Amy, not me, says that in 2020, she is going to embrace not fear of letting go of things, which I think is kind of what we're saying. Amy, I have some to give you. I'm ready to hand some over. (laughs) I have none of that fear. She's going to get rid of clothes that don't fit. I've started doing that. Like I do have my sort of aspirational pants, you know, and like, it's okay. Yeah. Those are 10 years old. Those pants or that dress you bought a long time ago and probably shouldn't have and bid it farewell because it's just a little dose of feel bad. Every time you look at it, it's better to say goodbye.
0: Yeah, those are hard. And some of them, like, I have two dresses. I have a dress I wore to my rehearsal dinner and a dress that, like, was my go-to dress for years. It's, like, a red strapless dress, and it's got, like, tulle panels all the way down it. So it's, like, looks like flapper style, but instead of strings, it's, like, little sheets of tulle. And it's so cool. And those two, one thing I do regret is, like, my mom was an amazing dresser, and I see some of the outfits in like home movies. I'm like, where is that? And she got rid of everything. So I'm going to keep those two in case Mm -hmm. my daughter wants them someday because they're
1: amazing. But, But keeping two things makes them mean more than keeping 20. Yeah.
0: And I think maybe that's the tip for like the baby clothes. Like you said, it's like pick two of your favorites and then just get rid of the rest. Like you have pictures of your kids in those outfits. Like I think the test is like, can I engage with this again in a meaningful way? And it's like, If the answer is no, I say get rid of it.
1: I want to move on to what Jennifer says she's going to do for 2020 because this is, I mean, talk about a reset. Jennifer says she's going to read actual books instead of starting to read on her device, then somehow ending up scrolling Instagram. That's so me. Every year. This has been on our list. I know both of us have had this before. Every single person in the world probably that has a phone has this problem.
0: I have a Kindle, which I like a lot. And I do like it because it only is books.
1: Yeah, I have a dumb, dumb Kindle. I don't have the kind of Kindle that does other things. It's like only a book. I still like the book. I mean, I have gotten a Kindle. I'm going on a trip today, actually, for the weekend. I'm going to take my Kindle with me. But in general, like I like pages. I think it's just because I spend so much time on my laptop and on my phone. I want a book or a magazine to feel like another sort of event.
0: And and my kindle has that it's like the fake ink thing it doesn't light up it's like a book it works for you huh it kind of works for me. If people give me a book, I'm like, is this 1902? Why are you giving me this? It's a, like, I can't stand books.
1: It's interesting because I feel about books, like you feel about your paper calendar, that the feel of the book and the like, how far physically you are in the book when this event happens and where in the, like they've, studies have shown that kids learn better from textbooks than they do from reading PDFs on the screen because there's a, visual component a spatial component of where in the book or where on the page this thing occurred that I like but again maybe it's like your phone calendar it's better for me to read on my kindle than not to read
0: I do feel that thing of like the one thing I miss about books is like I'm like oh there was that great line I should go find it I know I'm never gonna find it again like it's gone like that thing of like I could tell you when I'm reading a book, like, oh, it's about halfway through and it's on the upper right side. And it really struck me I should go back and find it. I can't do that on the Kindle. That's a loss. But if you gave me a book, I would just buy the book on my Kindle. Like, I don't want anything to do with a book anymore.
1: I'm done. The other Jennifer says she will not scroll on her phone for 10, that is 20 plus minutes (laughs) before getting out of bed in the morning. I mean, I'm doing this. Like, it's bad I think I need to take some I have some social media off my phone and I might need to take more of it off my phone so that I can not immediately like why am I doing this before my feet hit the floor
0: I have had this goal many times and we were just Amy and I were recently at a women's conference and I was talking to the women about like not doing this and okay I have to get this out of my life and I think I have decided for myself that this is not a reasonable goal that I don't really want to do it right that I am trying to like Lean towards the Kindle and stuff, but I think I have come to associate that hour in bed checking Twitter as a very relaxing time that I don't want to sacrifice. Like, I have tried so many times to do this, and there's something in it that is not
1: achievable for me. I think I'm taking it off my goal list. You know what helped me sort of focus on it again? Like, yes, I want to do this. Just this morning, I added a book to my. Amazon wishlist, and here's what I love about the Kindle: you can, if I hear of a book I like, I look it up right then on my phone. I go to the Amazon page and I send a free sample to my Kindle. You can send a free first chapter of almost any book to your Kindle, and so I have like twenty of those. And then I read the first chapter, and if I like it, I buy the book. But I was looking at this, of course, like the books I want to read spool out far more quickly than I read them, and I looked at this. Wish list I have on Amazon of like hundreds of books that sound good to me and that I'd like to read and I looked at it like I think it made me excited to read like wow these books look more interesting to me than 10 more minutes of social media and what if I look at this list every time I go to look at the social media thing and get excited
0: that would help I have another take on this and we're going to get to it right after this
1: So what do people do at New Year's?
0: Well, they go and see a giant fireworks show, or is that the 4th of July? Have you ever heard of the term resolutions? Yep. What is a New Year's resolution? Like in the new year, you try to change something about yourself. On the podcast, we call that going back to one. Oh. A couple of years ago, I interviewed for you for the podcast, and you had some suggestions about what my New Year's resolutions should be. Do you remember that? no what do you think you suggested um I don't know one thing you suggested is that I could do a little less yelling oh yeah do you think I got better at that Mm, kinda I mean that's why we call it back to one because you can't be perfect it's not a straight line you always have to try it again so do you think I should try that one again definitely okay what else should I try to get better at in the new year to do more of the
1: dollhouse
0: okay play more often with the dollhouse and finish we're decorating a dollhouse guys and it's i got really enthusiastic right and i did two rooms perfectly crown molding wallpaper everything and i kind of lost my mojo yeah uh what's one more thing mom could do better in the new year something to do with avril the cat what do i need to do with the cat be nicer to her um sure I feel like the cat and I have an understanding. We're not friends, but we tolerate each other, and that's how it's going to stay. Okay. What's one thing you could do better in the new year? No more baby voice? Oh, no more baby voice would be a really good back to one. Let let everyone hear your baby voice. I want screams. Yeah, that would be good to lose in the new year. I'm going to agree with you there. Well, I hope you have a very happy new (laughs) year. Thanks. You too, Mommy. Love you. I love you too. I think that might have been baby voice. I feel like I need a good and I'll put it up on the what fresh help podcast group a good book list like I have the opposite problem I feel like if I have a good go-to book and right now in my life I am at a very specific level of books I used to read constantly and I read everything and right now like I don't know. I'm in a fragile place, Amy. I don't want like heavy books. I don't want books about how the Amazon is burning down and we're all going to our doom. Like I just want like slightly highbrow, like thrilling books that are fun to read. That's all I want right now. So I need some books like
1: that. Zoya, just yesterday on our Facebook group, she's one of our listeners, she said, don't you guys have in one place all the books that you recommend on the show? I'm like, that's a great idea. So we'll set that up in 2020. I mean, we should definitely go in the group where all of you can recommend books to us and to one another. But I'm also going to set up in 2020 a page where you can see all the books we talk about on the show that either one of us really like when you're looking for books. Because again, it does, you look at that, it makes me hungry to read instead of hungry to... Go on social media.
0: Yeah, that's what I need. I just always need an on deck book. And I just had a list of like 10 books and I kind of got to the end of it. And I'm book cranky right now for some reason. Like I started a lot of books and I'm like, "Ah, I don't care about these people, their problems. Like I just, I need, and I'm about to go on a two week vacation. And my kids are the age now where they can play and I can read a book. And like that's, I'm really looking forward to it. So I need some good recommendations.
1: Natalia, I love this reset for 2020. She says she's going to make time to do art every day. She's an artist who is mommying full time at the moment. Make time to do art every day, even if that means five minutes.
0: Yeah, those kind of. And again, I like that she's setting like a realistic goal. You know, she's not like, right. I'm going to paint a great painting and make sure it gets hung in the mat. Like, it's fine. It's I'm going to do art for five minutes a day. Like, that's a wonderful kind of a goal because... We talk a lot about, you know, secondary expectations and like, I'm going to write something and it's going to get published and I'm going to make money and I'm going to get this thing I want and I'm going to get us out of debt. Like, just have the expectation of like, I want to get back to my writing. So I'm going to write for 10 minutes a day. Like, you don't have to attach like all this stuff that's going to come from it because it tends to like rob the joy out of it because you go like, oh, no, the other stuff is happening. So I'm going to stop doing art, stop writing. And it's really important when you're home with little kids to keep something for yourself, whether that's like you're a runner, you keep running, you know, you're an artist, you keep making art, you're a baker, you keep baking, like keeping a lane that is just about something that you enjoy. I cannot recommend more highly for moms.
1: It's also easier as somebody who has both been in good grooves about this and not, When you have the creative pursuit, if you're touching it every day, then when you, you know, sort of set aside uh, six hours to work on something every two weeks or something, because it's sort of like, where was I and what was I into? And what was the last time I was here? Yeah, it feels too heavy.
0: And again, it feels too heavy that way. It's like I do it every day versus... I have this one eight hour thing or, you know, I'm big on like, oh, I should go on a writer's retreat and write a book. It's like, you don't need a writer's retreat. Go sit in your office and write for 10 minutes, you
1: know? Right. Well, you know, and one thing I'm going to do in 2020 is set aside more time and more space for my work for the podcast and for other stuff as well, because I do tend to, as most of us do as moms, I think, fit it in around the margins of everything else I need to do. I mean, there's always more mom stuff to do, right? There's always mom stuff you can do different or better, or there's another committee. Sure. You could do 80 hours a week. Easy. Right. And instead of being so proud of yourself for fitting in the writing around the laundry, it's okay to fit the laundry in around the writing more than I do.
0: I think one of my big goals is on the same thing, which is like, I think in the last couple of months and feeling out of control, it's like stare down the things that are stressing me out or scaring me. And like that, I think is a really good goal for me next year. Like I am busy with a lot of stuff, but I get in that mode where I'm like, I will just sit really still and play candy crush because I am under the weight of too many things. And like, I need to watch my story around like, I am so busy. I don't have time to go for coffee with my friends because I am too busy. I don't have time to go for a walk in the woods because I have too much to do. But I do manage to find a couple of hours in the day to like, lay completely still, you know, like I have to just reset my mindset around like, I have chosen to do some things. I have enough time to do them, but... Busy is not interesting. Being busy is not a lifestyle choice. Like, I need to segment my day, get to the things I need to get to. I mean, yesterday I just had the day of like, because of a lot of factors, I've fallen way behind on like getting ready for the holidays fundamentally. And I was like, I'm doomed. There's no time. I set aside one hour and I got a third of it done. You know, like, it's going to take me three to four hours to get this done. But I've wasted 16 hours of my time complaining and ruminating about how awful it is that I am so high on, on the holidays. And like exactly much like I say to my kids, like you would be done with your homework by now if you had not just spent 45 minutes complaining about your homework, you know, like right. the, the preamble of why is there so much homework yeah. takes as long as a homework. But like, doctor, heal thyself. I am the same way. Like I just the holidays are crushing me and this year has been so bad and this Month has been so difficult, and people don't understand that I don't have the time. It's like, sit down,
1: make a list, knock through it, and stop complaining. Well, I think that we're all entitled for what relaxes us, right? Whether it's reading Twitter in bed or playing Candy Crush or you know watching bad TV or whatever it is, I think it's worth considering. Like, are the things that you're using to recharge yourself the most recharging? And I don't mean what the world thinks should be recharging, but like actually recharging. I'm not sure that all the time I spend reading Twitter before bed actually recharges me. It makes me feel in the know. It makes me feel up to date. I don't think it relaxes me. No, it makes me feel angry. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying like you shouldn't do that. You should take deep breaths. I mean, you should do it if it's the best, if it makes you feel the best. If it doesn't make you feel the best, then maybe there's something else you could be doing. And the royal you, like all of us, could be doing something different.
0: No, no, no. And I, I think what I'm getting better at in my older, age is like, there's always going to be some role for like garbage in, in my life, whether that is Twitter in bed, whether that is eating frozen Snickers bars, like again, in bed, like whatever it is, that there is a certain garbage quotient that is part of my life that I have accepted. And is enjoyable and is... Mm, I don't know how enjoyable it is, but it is just (laughs) fundamental. Like, yes, it is enjoyable in some way. I'm engaging with it because it is enjoyable to me. But that my goal is no longer to like eliminate the garbage quotient. My goal is to like keep the percentages in my favor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's just the garbage quotient for me has to be ideally 30-70, maybe 40-60, but it just can't be 90-10, you know? And that it's more, I just think it's more about balance for me than it is about, I am never going to engage with this behavior again. And that's how I've come out on the Twitter in bed, that sometimes after a bad day, like, Sitting with my garbage makes me happy in a way that is maybe not right, but is probably okay.
1: I tried a little back to one this morning. I had my phone right next to my bed, and yes, I should get an alarm clock. But I also like the white noise machine, and I also do this. You know, it's like the phones are just such magical things. So, as you say, like maybe the back to one of not having my phone in my bedroom. I don't. Maybe that's not going to happen right now.
0: I'm not going to. That's what I think I've come to. Is like I'm always like we have to leave our phones out of the bedroom. That's
1: the goal. We would all be better off. And
0: when I talk to like, you know, successful, self-actualized women. That's what they do. And I'm like, I need to be them. It turns out I don't need to be them. I need to just control it. If I'm scrolling my phone for an hour in the morning, I should stop that. Yeah. But if I'm scrolling it for 15 minutes, I'm not going to be perfect.
1: So here's what I did this morning. I got my phone out and I have a meditation app and I lay in bed. You're supposed to be sitting or standing. They said, I'm like, I'm going to lie here in my bed. But I did meditation before I got out of bed, instead of looking at anything, including emails, and then got up and was with the kids. And it was nice. It's not because it's better. It's because like, I feel more relaxed this morning. Yeah.
0: It reminds me of like, we did a screen free week. And like, it reminds me of that. Like, the goal is not to live without screens in your life. The goal is to see like, Oh, yeah, there's a lot of benefits to not being so reliant on screens. So let's continually try to keep our goal to limit our screen use so that we can enjoy all the things that happen when we don't use screens so much.
1: I want to get to what Katie said, because I think this is a good back to one no matter how old your kids are. She said, I'm going to try to come up with a bigger kid version of the floor time that works so well when kids are preschoolers. In other words, you spend 10 to 15 minutes in a child led one on one activity to give little kids the control they're seeking elsewhere in all the wrong ways. You and I always say, like, do that, and then you can make dinner, and it's fine. But, you know, pay half attention, and they're going to be cranky all afternoon. So Katie's saying, find that with your older kids. I totally agree. It's worthwhile, and it makes them less cranky at you, low-grade, irritable the rest of the time, if you can engage with it. It's just finding the thing is harder.
0: It's just such a great, like, mothering lesson, that thing of, like, super engaging for a short period of time buys you more
1: time than spending the entire day be like later 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 I was at breakfast I went out to breakfast with my daughter recently and I took her to like an exercise class with me it was fun and then we went to breakfast afterwards and I sat down and I pull up my phone of course to like say to my husband like we'll be after this we're gonna stop here and then we're gonna do this and you know like managing the family day from afar and she looked at me she's like can we put the phones away? And out of the mouths of babes, you know, and I said, yes, I will. And then I turned it upside down. I'm like, you know what, like away. I'm like, I'm putting it away. And then we just sat there and talked about nothing. I don't know what we talked about, but it was nice. And there are other days when she's in no mood to talk to me, but it was a good back to one. And again, like, yeah, I'm going to use my phone too much. And yeah, I'm going to have it out sometimes when maybe I shouldn't have. But instead of doing a whole monologue about you're right and I should try. I just put it away.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like we all use our phones too much, but you know, it's great to have time where you're like, this is a phone free time. And there is no dynamic where it's like, well, Amy, you failed, too bad. Mother of the year out the door for you because you were on your phone for a minute when your daughter wanted to talk to you. Like, "Eh, okay, yeah, I'll put it away, good. Let's have some time together. This opportunity is here now. I think we should close with Amy and Angie who both talk about a back to one on gratitude. We just did an episode Mm. about gratitude. Okay. Amy says to try to embrace the worthy imperfect mess I am and live in the moment instead of postponing joy. I like that. That's nice. Yeah. Postponing joy. It's one of those like, you know, internet glossy meme things, but it's good to keep in mind. Like what is really getting in the way of you feeling joyful? and happy because you should get rid of those things or you should tamp down on those things.
1: This is kind of a truth bomb for me, like the worthy imperfect. I love that phrase that your worth is not tied to your perfection or your production or anything. You're worthy the way you are when you forgot to put your phone away, whatever. You're still worthy in your imperfect self.
0: Yeah. And I think I know Amy in real life and she's struggling with some pretty big stuff. And like, It is the kind of situation where like, it's a lot harder for her than for me getting up in the morning and being like, I'm going to have a good day, you know? (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. if Amy can do it, I can do it. You know, I mean, I just think focusing. And again, it's back to one like. Every day you wake up and it's like, you're going to have days where you're like, oh, I've got these million things to do and the kids are annoying and my husband forgot the thing. You're not going to every day be like, I am an imperfect mess and I will embrace myself so as not to postpone joy. Like not a realistic goal, but just a nice reset on like, hey, again, as we get older, you kind of start to see the thing of like, things happen you might not want to decide to be joyful next year like do it now you know yeah and i think it's just again that's the heart of everything that's the heart of me like yelling at my kid to respect me versus like tickling him in bed and making up funny songs like more of one than the other none of either but more of one than the other
1: embrace the process right yeah
0: and Angie says the same. Continued and increased gratitude for all the amazing things in my life. I often try to stop and appreciate the big and small things need to stick with it. That's all we gotta do. Try to stick with it <laughs> now we just we go back to one it is it's a choice, and like it's okay. It's like people saying, enjoy every minute with your kids. Not realistic. You're not going to enjoy every minute with your kids. Your kid vomiting in your mouth, not enjoyable. You know, like your kid being a really obnoxious 12-year-old who rolls his eyes at every single thing you say, you're not going to savor every moment. But it's just more keeping that percentage balance in your favor. So like 60% of the time you enjoy them and 40% of the time you regret all the life choices that led you to having children. It's fine. A lot of people feel that
1: way. And when you feel really bad about yourself, just remember we're doing it with you and playing too much Candy Crush and wasting too much time and having too much clothes we haven't gone through that we need to give away. We're right there. (laughs)
0: Eating too much bad food, yelling at our kids too much. We're doing all the things, guys. We're doing them. (laughs) But we're going to have a great 2020. Thank you so much. You can start our 2020 off right, guys, by telling your friends, your neighbors, your social media folks about the podcast. We'd love for you to do that. We also want you to come to our Facebook page and engage with us and engage with the group and talk to everyone there. That's facebook.com
1: forward slash what fresh hellcast. And you can find our group from there. And we're also on Instagram at what fresh hellcast and on Twitter at WFH Podcast. As always, you can find show notes and everything else about the show on our website, what fresh hell
0: Guys, happy new year. And we will talk to you next week and through all of 2020. Happy 2020.
2: No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack.